1: scoggin star tribune sports columnist is with us uh you've been working on a caleb truax uh, piece i think he's gonna run tomorrow a uh, nice kid isn't
2: he yeah he, he really is um he's not one of these boxers that is braggadocious and constantly telling you how great he is uh really just kind of a humble down-to-earth guy um you know he graduated from the u with a sociology degree and he I think he envisioned getting into politics at some point. So uh really just kind of a thoughtful guy, cool guy to be around and uh but I do get the sense of talking to him, Patrick. I I went up to his gym one day and spent some time with him and then uh we were both at the armory uh, a couple weeks ago for that press conference. Um he's definitely annoyed that uh, he's an underdog, uh, by the odds makers, uh, in this, in this rematch with James DeGaulle after beating him, uh, in December and he just sort of feels slighted and that everybody, uh, feels like that first, uh, that first win was a fluke, so he's determined to prove that it, that it uh, was not a fluke tomorrow night.
1: And not only uh, underdog, like a six to one underdog, right? they you know yeah, five to one, six to one, big underdog. Although apparently the odds were enormous uh, when he fought him in London. How good do you have to be in a fight, though? When uh, DeGale hadn't uh, really been fought at home much, he gets a fight back in London, and then you win a decision, man. You got to pummel him to win a decision on the road in that sport.
2: Well, that's what um, I, I, I did a column with uh, after he won that first fight, and I had to actually talked to Caleb when he was still in in London, and he said when he had the and the was coming off a shoulder uh, yes. injury, so this that was his first fight back, and and uh, Caleb was telling me at the at the pre-fight press conference, all he kept talking about were the next guys he were, <laughs> he was going to fight. It was almost mm-hmm. like it was a foregone conclusion. This was almost he he, he was sort of looking at. Um, True, is just kind of a tune-up to, to bigger fights, and uh, you know, Caleb just kind of sat there and took it and listened to it and was uh, stewing privately. Um, I don't know what the odds were there, but it definitely was a you know a stunner. But he told me this this fight, um, yeah, it started at six to one odds, and um, he's expecting a, a different uh, fighter. Obviously, the uh, Gale didn't take him seriously enough the first time, and it, they, they sort of anticipated. Uh, You know him making some adjustments but the the, the day i was out there um truex had flown in a a sparring partner from california he had two guys fly in on separate weeks from california that are southpaws and kind of emulate the golf uh style of of, of boxing so he's done his preparation this has been the longest training camp that he's ever had he said he told me that because he didn't really get beat up and have too much punishment in that first fight he was able to get back in into training two weeks after he got back from London. So he's been training for several months. And
1: he's been at it for a long time. He's uh, 34 now, and he's finally getting a payday.
2: Yeah, this is a, this is a big payday. He didn't want to say what it was, but he, he said this is obviously, you know, the biggest uh, payday he's had in, in his career. and um, First time he fought in Vegas, which is a big deal, uh, he said he was actually scheduled, I think, I think he said it was three years ago, he was down there and was going to fight in Vegas, and the guy he was going to fight, got uh injured 4 days before the fight and so they had to call it off. Um so that's a big deal. Although he he wanted to he wanted to have this fight at the armory. Um he toured wow. it. It's kind of a neat story. He, he had jury duty 10 years ago and he was he was looking at the armory. And he's like, "Wow, this place is a dump." Mm-hmm. And then um they gave him a tour of it uh uh in December, a few weeks before the Super Bowl, uh, and he saw the renovated armory and it looks like and he's like, "Man, I would love to fight DeGaulle here, and he had already signed on the fight, and they were just trying to figure out where to do it, and it came down to here, uh, Vegas, or Los Angeles, and DeGaulle did not want to fight him here at all, Uh, even though uh, 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 Caleb had fought him in his backyard in in England, um, he just did not want to come here and fight him, so they settled on Vegas, which Hey, that's not a bad place to land for, for your first time title fight to be in Vegas, so he, he's not complaining too much. Chip,
1: uh, is this IBF? Uh, I get very confused by the uh, initials. Yeah, IBF. Yeah. You know, IBF is one of the real organizations because we, we got uh, – we got uh, about five of them out there now, and two or three of them don't have much history to them. This one does have some history to it, so uh, so that's good. Uh, he was he danger quite a couple years ago, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So in 2016, he fought um, Anthony Darrell, um, and he was just he 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 was in a bad spot mentally. His his girlfriend was going through some serious medical complications um they, she was pregnant with her daughter at the time and the daughter's fine now but it's some pretty severe um or serious uh, complications and mentally he just he says he was not there he, he should not have gotten the ring he was afraid to get hurt he said and he he, he lost in the first round and um a technical knockout and and he took a he thought that was it. Uh, he took a hiatus, kind of stepped away from boxing, didn't get in the ring, and there was some doubt to whether he was just going to be done. He was 32 at the time, took some time away, and then came back and and felt good about it mentally, and had a couple, you know, a couple good fights, and he, he felt good. And so he, he got this, this title fight with DeGaulle the first time, and you know everybody was sort of just thought it was going to be a foregone conclusion that he was going to lose, and, and he really beat him up and to win the title. And so now he just feels like he has a new kind of. New start to his career. I mean, it's, like you said, he's thirty-four, and he's you know it's his first title fight as a champion. But um, if he can win this, he has a chance to have a couple big paydays in his future here before he retires.
1: Uh, Chip Scoggins is with us now. Uh, I think that the Wild Winnipeg, because of the energy that the Canadians are going to bring to this series, has got a chance to be the most fun Wild series since oh three. When they made yeah. when they made the run, now they they did get to the second round before the Blackhawks beat them a couple years a few years ago, but I uh, I don't know I, I I just think when a I just think this is going to create a rivalry that's going to last for these two franchises. Yeah, and
2: that's that's what the, the NHL wanted this when they reconfigured their their playoff and you know you're having the two and three. Uh, matchups, and, and so you're kind of trying to build these rivalries with, with teams within your division. But this is a natural, just a natural rivalry, just because of the proximity. And, um, I gotta imagine if they start, uh, let's say that first home game for the Wild is a Sunday, right? So they're probably gonna start what, what next Wednesday, maybe. They're gonna start Wednesday
1: because there's a concert in Winnipeg on Thursday, yeah. so they'll have to play so Wednesday. You go,
2: yeah, so if you go Wednesday, Friday, and then maybe have your first home game here Sunday, whenever it is. I got to imagine a lot of people from Winnipeg are going to come oh, down yeah. there. Oh yeah,
1: I think you know those Canadians. They'll they'll leave their jobs at a drop of the hat and take vacation and go on. Ho- they'll go on holiday at the drop of the hat up there, man. <laughs> they'll be they'll be uh, Tommy Reed and the rest of the bar owners on Seventh uh, Street are feeling very They're good about having money, Winnipeg. Yeah.
2: Well, and the other thing is, I got to imagine there's a lot of excitement around that team up there. Oh yeah. there's 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 a feeling that team could could win it all. They're good, and it's going to be interesting. Cause I don't know that many people are going to give them the wild much of a chance. Um, I don't know if they would have done it even if Suter was in the lineup, but without him, I, I think people are probably going to write them off. Um, but they're, you know, there's, they can score. Um, and if Dugnick can, you know, steal a couple games, I'm not saying they're going to win the series, but maybe it's going to be more competitive than I think people are probably going to go and expect it to be, uh, just because Winnipeg is so, they're tough. <laughs> That's a tough team and it's, it's probably the least ideal uh, matchup for the Wild. Uh, I think you know they were hoping there was going to be other teams that they could you know slot in against because Winnipeg is just such a tough team. So, uh, but it's going to be a fun series. I think both Wild fans will travel up there well, and, and Winnipeg fans will will travel down here for sure. I don't
1: think the odds on the Wild are much worse than they were on the Blues uh, last year when they faced the Wild. It's uh, you know if you if you if your goalie, uh, as you said, if the goalie decides to make thirty five saves, you can win a game. Plus. You, you know, you're, you're big underdogs, and then you go out and beat them in game one, three to two, and all of a sudden, they're the ones who are puckered up.
2: so yeah. It is. In my years of covering playoff hockey, going all the way back to 2003, it is the most interesting to me uh, professional sport to cover in the playoffs because of just the momentum shifts within a series. And it, tend to come, it, it comes down to which team is the most um, desperate. You know, if the home team loses that first game, then you're going to see a desperate – team the second so it's it's uh, it's always fascinating to see kind of ebbs and flows in the series and it it really does without Suter in there doomick is just going to have to be outstanding he's got to be superman i think he's going to have to steal him a couple games because there is just they're going to rely on some young guys on defense that just sort of haven't been proven and tested you know especially on this stage and so you're not sure how they're going to play so doomick's going to have to be great for them to, to advance And, of course, the uh,
1: Wolves fans are here, uh, they're about split 50-50, half of them want them to make the playoffs, half of them want them to lose and hope Tibbs gets fired, and uh, half of them want to get the draft choice they'd lose if they don't make the playoffs. we got three halves here, we got 33%, there's only about 33% of them that want them to make the playoffs, and... Uh, By the way, uh, this has been a very successful year at the gate for that team. They've had uh, more sellouts than they've had in years. They'll certainly have a sellout for Denver next Wednesday. They've had a good year, but I've never seen uh, people as frustrated with a team that hasn't had a 500 year since 2005. And people are madder at them than when
2: they were winning 20 games. It is the darndest thing. I, I was sitting there thinking, when they clinch, are we still going to be angry? Is anybody going to celebrate? Or are we just going to cuss them <laughs> for making? It, it is. It, it's. It's. At this time, you, you'd think people would be fans would be just euphoric, but they you know, I still think they're going to get in, even though the way they play and the lack of uh, excitement and and they play no defense. They're just horrendous defensively. And Wigan. And sometimes you know the other night they're playing the biggest game in what a decade, and they couldn't have cared less. It <laughs> looked like so I don't know. About you. They're absolutely bonkers trying to figure them out, and it just looks so joyous, That's the problem. They look, they just don't look like they're having any fun from the coach down to the players.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's part of it. I think amphetamines would come in handy, but I don't know if those are legal or not. <laughs> All right, sir.
2: Thanks, Jim. <laughs> We'll there talk you to you.
1: Uh, we will be back. This is the ride with Royce, or better known as the Friday Fun Fest. Stevie Earl is our musical guest, receiving big accolades uh, from the social media front.
2: You're on the ride with Royce,
3: charmingly
2: oh, vulgar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on fifteen hundred. ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day.
3: Left field, Rosario jogs in, ball game. Rodney pulls out the arrow. And the bullpen dominating again here today. And the Twins
1: improved to 4-2. what's uh, no. uh, this? Don't be
3: rude to the guest.
1: Ain't sunshine i Pretty damn good scene in that, oh. that oh. cash movie, oh. wasn't it? Showed that water. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I need to watch that. Oh, it's great. This is Stevie Earl's version of uh, version of Fulton uh, Prison Blues, which he sang at a Johnny Cash Memorial uh, celebration. If you're country at all, you gotta be able to sing Just this song. Hell I can even sing this song. I think
3: song. you could. Yes, yeah. So yeah. Maybe we'll have you do that someday.
1: Okay, we were playing uh, F- uh, Fernando Rodney, getting the last out yesterday, getting his first Twins save and uh, becoming uh, the oldest Twins pitcher ever to get a save. The, the Only the second 40-year-old and the oldest at age 41 to get a save for the Twins. And Phil Miller was sitting next to me yesterday, the Twins a baseball writer for the uh, Star Tribune, uh, along with LaBelle E. Neal III. And Phil said to me, he is now the oldest. Who was the only other 40-year-old to get a save for the Twins? And you should have seen the look on his face when I said Al Worthington. (laughs) And uh, he said, you're right. How did you know that? Well, Well, don't challenge For several reasons, Al Worthington uh, was kind of taken off the scrap heap by the Twins in uh, 19 got sent back to the minors he was at indianapolis in cincinnati's farm club after pitching six games and the twins halfway through that season 1964 brought in big al from cincinnati he had been a pitching hero for the minneapolis millers as a starting i did pitcher not know early. that yes okay uh, they're uh junior world series teams and uh he was, he was a pitching ace for them and a starter. But by the time the Twins got him in 1964, uh, they used him out of the bullpen. He pitched in 32 uh, games that year. Then the next year, 1965, he became kind of the ace of the bullpen. Now, he hasn't made the Twins Hall of Fame because people look at saves. But back then, he only pitched in 38 games, right? Mm-hmm. But he pitched 80 innings. The save, a save back then was two and two thirds, and they called you a stopper, not a closer. Not a closer. Yeah. So he would come in in the sixth inning if they were a run ahead and try he to get you to down. the finish line. Uh, that so year, he would
3: throw two and two thirds and still had eighty games. You said no, no, he only pitched in thirty eight games. 38 games, he oh, 80, games. Innings. eighty
1: innings. Okay, I'm but sorry, but he'd pitch one game, and if you you know if he pitched three. You might give him the next day off and bring in Johnny. Have Johnny Klipstein do it. Sure. So, so he only had 21 saves that year. He had a 2.13 ERA, uh, and uh, he he had a great season. Had much to do with it, and and really had several great seasons in a row for the Twins. His ERA with the Twins. Between in '64 it was 1.37 and '65 it was 2.13, '66 2.46, '67 2.84, '68 2.71, and this was not because he was getting two outs in the ninth. You know, he was mm-hmm. coming in and you know starting two or three different innings. Uh, so Al Worthington uh, showed. That was
3: do. yeah, that was long relief by he today's is, standards. He uh, is
1: the oldest living twin, I believe, 89 years old. Turned it this year. He lives down in Birmingham, Alabama, and I know a whole lot about Al Worthington because he's married to my cousin. That's married, I knew there was son. a connection. I knew he there was a connection. He pitched for my old man in 1950. Uh, my dad went down to Omaha looking when the college World Series was on, looking for a couple of players to buy to come up and play summer ball for the Twins, Alabama. I mean, for the full the Giants mm-hmm. and Al was pitching for Alabama, and my dad always told me he swung the bat with one hand. I was a five-year-old kid, so I don't—four-year-old kid. I don't remember. But he swung the bat with right with his right hand. He only swung—he didn't use his really? left. Mm. I just found out why, looking up his bio, he had been trying to play football for Alabama and injured his left arm and shoulder, and it did not heal quickly. So he was when he was in the college World Series. He was batting with one hand, and apparently all summer with the fold. The Giants. He batted with You're one hand. You're kidding me! Wow. But he he met my uh, cousin Shirley, who was gorgeous, mm-hmm. still alive too. And when he was uh, when he was up there, he apparently left after the season. Thought about Shirley. Came back. Married her in December <laughs> of uh, 1950. They're still married, all these years later. A uh, big slider, had a great big slider that was more of a curveball, but it was, uh, it was a slurvy type of thing that would go from the inside corner to the outside corner. And uh, big, big, tall, powerful man. Did he and Shirley have kids? Oh, yeah. they got uh, You got three of them now. He's a very religious guy, tremendously religious, was Jerry Falwell's AD at Liberty University for oh, a while. Wow. Strong, hardcore Baptist. But one of his kids was a marketer and uh, is alleged to have made, when Notre Dame came down to play Alabama, and this might have been when Devine was with Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, is alleged to have sold hats and T-shirts that told Notre Dame to... Have intercourse with themselves, you know, <laughs> uh, and sold a whole lot of them. Apparently, wait a so wait a minute, yeah.
3: So he was the original Catholics versus Convicts t shirts. yeah, but T-shirts. But when Notre
1: Dame came to Alabama, right. so. Al's kid, I I don't know. They've lived down there forever, and I I I saw him at the. He was one of the top fifty twins, and I saw them when he came back for that reunion. Fantastic. The uh, fifty year, but yes, uh, I forgot I about Al your personal connection. I think Al Arlington deserves this. Absolutely, should, I should be able to give my second cousin's husband a sports person of the so. day certificate. Yes. Right? yes, especially when Fernando Rodney just put him back in the news by becoming the oldest guy. To uh, save a game for the Twins. Do
3: you think he still has that
1: folded Giants uniform tucked away somewhere? No. Why didn't I keep some of that stuff, man? You know how I got into the sports writing business, don't you? Box scores for the folded Giants. No. My uh, father knew Ted Peterson because he used to put up all these posters. Out in outstate Minnesota, come, fold the Giants. He had these, this real giant thing, and he had all these posters. And he ran into Ted at the state amateur baseball tournament. Ted was a, the outstate guy editor at the for high schools and amateur baseball at the Tribune. Mm-hmm. And he uh got to know him because Ted said, I've seen all those goofy posters of the Folded Giants. <laughs> it's like wall drugstore, you know? Right. And uh so then like years later I'm a high sc- I just graduated from Prior Lake High School and my old man called up Ted and said, Hey, this kid of mine's unemployed and he's going to college and I'm sick of paying all his bills. Can you <laughs> get him a job as a copy boy at the start at the Tribune? And he did. That's how it uh, So the old man putting up all those posters probably is... Paved the way. Paved the way for... uh, And now, who am I? The Fixer. That's right. (laughs) All these years later. Any problems in Minnesota sports, just call the Fixer. (laughs) We'll be... Stevie Earl, uh, today's musical guest... And receiving much better reviews than Ernest Tubb did on social <laughs> media. My my Ernest Tubb choice was I liked little, Ernest It was Tubb. a little too uh, a little too twangy old core old hardcore than this. Uh, this is we're doing pretty well. What's Johnny, your...
3: Johnny made me play Copperhead Road from the beginning, by the way. Oh, okay. That's so what we had, had to could... waste. Yeah. So, this is his we favorite. Had to get
1: the whole, uh, yeah. We had to get the whole uh, guitar <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I went and looked up. This uh, is his best song.
0: Ever. Oh, it's a great song. Great yeah. album. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, I remembered after you talked about him, he'd been married a lot. I went looked it up because I thought yeah, I know it. He's been married seven times. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> one one time he's married the same woman twice. Once really? So okay, He's that had happens. six wives, seven marriages. As of now,
3: he is not married. Single. So. That,
1: that probably won't stay. He'll he'll have one. He's only sixty three, but he'll, he'll yeah. have one more before. I'm going to be
3: the uh, I'm going to be the coach K. I'm going to be one and done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. His last marriage was Allison Moore, the very fine country singer. Mm -hmm. Uh, She sings, I don't know if you guys are familiar with John Prine, In Spite of Ourselves. She's the singer on that, Oh, really? The, the, the well, he seems ones. like a nice
1: enough guy. What I mean, once he got off the drugs and the cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you think causes the problem? He's a bit opinionated.
0: I, mm-hmm. I would guess perhaps he well, he's he's never doesn't, it. he doesn't
1: bend much, I'm guessing, he when he it comes to... She might just get sick of him telling Townsman Zant stories. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> you know, I don't care.
3: <laughs> you know, I have a strange feeling that the program director is going to turn 535 into a liner when you said... Well, you take away the
1: cocaine and the, he's not a bad guy. No, he seems like a hell of a guy. Now that he's dried out. After. Uh, two prison terms. I didn't realize he had two
0: prison he terms. He also wrote a book that was mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very interesting. I read it. That was maybe uh, seven, mm-hmm. eight years ago. A mm-hmm. novel. That, uh, I can't even describe it. It's it's interesting. Let's put it that way. All right. Here's Johnny Height with an update. This update sponsored by Shell Oil Company. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards Program. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving today. No twins today. They'll be back at it tomorrow at Target Field 105 against Seattle.
1: I think I'm going to hell with it. Tomorrow? Yeah. Well, Okay. Hey. Have fun. Yeah. And, well, I'm being the press box. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's. that's I am braving the elements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brave to walk from the parking lot to the game.
0: Oh my God! Major League Baseball this afternoon. Atlanta leads Colorado four to three in the fifth. Uh, Cleveland leads the Royals three to two. They are in the eighth inning.
1: I did have a thought yesterday, though. My grandson's seven, and I was lamenting the fact that. I wanna start of a tradition of taking him out of school on opening day and taking him to the ball. Yeah. Don't you think? Absolutely. Sure. I'm glad we didn't start it yesterday. <laughs> right. Well, let's, well, wait let's till, wait next year. till next year. <laughs> but it's a thought that
3: counts. I, you know what? I tried doing that two years ago. What? Shut down. What? Oops. Well, she said, "No, you can't take him out of school. Yes, sco- you can. See, for thank God you. Sakes, that's that's
1: part of being you can't, a dad. If you can't go out of school for opening day, when can you go? Exactly. Out of school,
0: for God's sakes. go for women's basketball coach Marlene Stallings interviewed for the same position at Texas Tech on Thursday. Uh, Stallings, who teams finished twenty four nine, team finished twenty four nine. Ain't and,
1: getting a raise if that's what <laughs> she thinks.
3: <laughs> Lost to Oregon in the second round of. The where NCAA. are they? Are they viewed as a good program, Texas Tech? Middle of the road. What are they? Uh, they used to be really good. Yeah, we're not not as good anymore. Okay. Obviously, they fired the coach. But uh, they'll
0: pay more probably. Mm. They fired Candy Whitaker in January. She was fifty-two and eighty-four in four and a half seasons. Ooh, that ain't good enough.
3: They, were Manny? weren't they a powerhouse back? Manny's uh, cutting up oh, audio okay. currently. All right.
1: Hey, by the way, uh, were you getting a scoop in there? Did I see? You and the Doogie well, Stoop and I were talking about Wiggins. Oh. The, the Scooper wants to trade him, and I said he's untradeable. So, with $148 well, million do- Doogie caused the schism.
0: Oh, well, he did. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Schism. At the Masters, Patrick Reed uh, pulling away a little bit. He's at 8-under through 13. Mark Leishman at 5-under. Man, are they having great I think Leishman team.
1: just made an eagle. Did low. he? Oh. Yeah, I is... think he's 7. So. Wow, or, okay. No, as
3: Rookie would call it, a double birdie. Double birdie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Tiger has picked up a stroke in the last hour. He's at 4 over now through 14 holes. Uh the Wolves play the Lakers tonight. Uh they are of course tied with Denver after that game last night for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference. 3 games left, last game of the season here against those very same Denver Nuggets.
1: It'll be the electric. It'll be electric <laughs> as half the crowd roots for Denver. Right. <laughs>
0: NFL note, Panthers linebacker Thomas Davis, 2018 yeah. season, will start with a suspension. what did he do? Well, it hasn't been announced yet, but Davis announced he's tested positive for a banned substance. Wow. He said in the video... First time? Uh, uh, yep, he said on a video on Twitter, he'll serve a four-game suspension after being, quote, completely caught off guard by the league telling him he tested positive. He said the substance is an estrogen blocker in a supplement that he's used for the last seven or eight years, and there's been no positive tests until now. He said he did not and would not intentionally do anything to cheat the game. Says his conscience is clear. He also acknowledges NFL rules about players being responsible for what they put in their bodies is clear, and he's run
1: afoul of them. As a result, and the NFL the is just so damn happy. They just love to suspend people. Yes, they, they do. Just think it's terrific.
3: Uh, forgive me if you had this, Johnny, uh, but this just in: freshman guard Jameer Harris is going to transfer from the Gopher basketball program. Is he going perchance to UConn? Oh, I didn't even or think of Kamani that. Right. Young
1: has uh, gone.
3: Pro- I, it doesn't announce the school. He's not the first
1: guard from the. He's not the last guard from the East who's going to transfer. No, I think you're right about that. <laughs> That's right. too bad. We got be about player. 3 scholarships now to use on uh, various uh, Fitzgerald's left. He can bring in a bunch of uh, transfers. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks, John. You bet.
2: You're on the ride with Roycey. On Twitter, he's lovable almost on 1500 ESPN. The ride with Roycey now continues. Personal file, 59. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. It's useless. Look, give me a chance. I'm trying to be delicate with you, but you just won't understand. I couldn't go with you, not just because of Carl and my music, but because of you. strange person, Robert. I mean, what would it come to? If a person has no love for himself, no respect for himself, no love of his friends, family, work, something, how can he ask for love in return? I mean, why should he ask for it?
1: that is susan ansback uh who was a very popular actress in the uh, late 70s and into the 80s that's her scene one of her many scenes with uh jack nicholson in the great movie five easy pieces five easy pieces uh was uh, actually the 1970s so uh that was this movie and she was in a lot of movies always kind of played the uh the woman who was being cheated on or cheating on someone good looking tall blonde, uh, but five easy pieces. If you haven't seen that movie, and you pr- you two lunks probably haven't. Have I don't you? think I have seen that one. I've seen one it one of Jack's greatest ever. That's the one where he orders the he's he's ordering oh. he's ordering in the restaurant and uh, trying to figure out what kind of say I of chicken is chicken salad what is, yeah, what is it I have
3: the clip <laughs> it's hold on the movie is, I don't it's is it clean I
1: can't remember if it is or not Yeah I think it is okay. I think it is if not stop it We got six seconds Is that the side order of toast? <laughs> uh, side order. Toast. okay uh, yeah well susan ansbeck has died at age 75 uh she uh she was i didn't know she was in the original stage production of hair on broadway of course and that became the most famous play there was because they this cast got buck naked up there and that was uh that was quite a uh revelation then she also portrayed woody allen's cranky ex-wife and played again sam so she was a well-known uh, actress back then, died at age 75, and Five Easy Pieces. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, I think she's one of the several women in that movie that Jack Nicholson cheat with uh, when, he, uh, when
2: he's... Uh, his, his... Okay, uh, plain omelet, uh, no potatoes, tomatoes instead, a cup of coffee, and toast. No substitution. What do you mean, you don't have any tomatoes? Only what's on the menu. You can have a
1: number two, a plain omelette. It comes with cottage fries and rolls.
2: Now, I know what it comes with, but it's not what I want.
1: Well, I'll come back when you make up your mind. Wait a minute.
2: I have made up my mind. I'd like a plain omelette, no potatoes on the plate, a cup of coffee, and a side order of wheat toast.
1: I'm sorry, we don't have any side orders of toast. I'll give
2: you an English muffin or a coffee roll. What do you mean, you don't make side orders of toast? You make sandwiches, don't you? Would you like to talk to the manager?
3: Hey, Mac. Shut up. All right, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. Yes. That is a great scene, though. I, yeah. I, I've
1: i played that before. For Was it for you and Joe, probably, oh, at yeah. some point? It's, it's uh, world famous. It's <laughs> great. Five Easy Pieces. Susan Ansback was part of that movie, and uh, she died at age 75. And uh famous actress there in the 60s and early 70s. and A lot of good stuff. So, uh, Sergio Garcia, I was kind of... Grasping the theory that he was the new Sergio, that he wasn't as uh, sensitive as he used to be, he wasn't as uh, you know hyper hyper hypersensitive as he used to be. He was incredible, and now he gets uh, he makes a thirteen yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you make a thirteen, there's going to be some jokes. And he and his wife, one of the reason he was supposed to be the new relaxed Sergio was he met a woman and he married her, Angela, I believe is her name. And they had a baby and she was pregnant when he won the Masters, I believe she was pregnant. And the 13th hole where he made his miraculous recovery is the is Azalea. That's the name of that hole, each one of those. Uh, holes that Augusta's named after a tree or a flower and so he made uh, she they named the child, the gal, the young baby, Azalea so Rich Lerner yesterday after he makes 15 after he makes 13 at 15 that hole is called Firethorn and he's, he tweets out I guess Sergio won't be naming the next child Firethorn <laughs> Oh no! You're, don't tell me he got backlash. Not, oh, no, the wife went nuts on Twitter. Come ripped on, him, and then Sergio supported her. Of course, you got to do that. Well, you got right? to support yeah. the yeah. wife. You got to support yeah. her. He's in a no but win. The, but this is a mythical child. She's not. There pregnant. is no baby. There is no baby. It's a joke. Oh my god! It's a joke. And I said I was offended for this reason. I didn't think of it first. That's <laughs> Which I, is the exact reaction you should have. Yes. What is wrong with us? Fire, I don't so,
3: know. Firethorn, that's what it was?
1: It, yeah. Oh, that's. a great line. He won't be naming his next child Firethorn. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a great line. That's, that's brilliant. Can, it, it is un- unbelievable. Who, who had but the tweet? I'm sorry. Who who was Rich it? Rich Oh, come on. From the, on the Golf Channel. Yeah. It was not and he had to apologize. By the way, he apologized. I'm sure Golf Channel made him apologize. Well, they probably did. But, but honest, that's it's it's a harmless, funny line. Hell, and hey, if you make if you make thirteen, people should be allowed to make jokes. Of course, I saw him when he was at his zenith for being offended by people when he was a young guy, and he was at Black Page playing in the U.S. Open. He was dating. tennis player martina Hingis, mm-hmm. and that was a famous couple and the the taunting that he received from the black play, page crowd at new york was unbelievable oh, i'm sure it was because they counted his waggles remember when he oh, had the waggle right. problem yes. one two three and that drove him crazy he'd step <laughs> in his head and turn red and then somebody yelled hey sergio Venus kicked Martinez's ass. <laughs> wow! And, and, and uh, it was uh, anyway. Sergio, come on, loosen up. So, you got your one major.
3: So, quick question, Pat. So, remember two years ago when Ernie Els had his putting meltdown? That was on the first hole, right at the Masters. I believe so. What, what's the well? What's the name of the first hole?
1: I don't know what the. I don't have all the names. I just but they all have a name. So. Hey, Sergio, you know, Venus kicked Martina's ass. <laughs> yeah, hey, I guess know, it was give the me new. Adam the ball. the ball for me.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on.
1: Yeah, that was our guy. Then We had an audio yes, of the guy saying right Venus there. kicked Martina's ass. Go, right. Hey, Sergio, you know, Venus kicked Martina's ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Manny Hill, what is your feel-good thought for
3: the week? You know, my feel-good thought for the week is this. You know, it's been a good first week for the Twins yes. overall. I think, you know, I think we got a good ball club here. I think they're going to be pretty good. I think they're going to be in the playoff mix, and provided that they don't have the catastrophic injury by anybody, knock on wood, I think we got a good ball club we're going to enjoy all summer. So, As, As I, I said in spring you, training, or... they will win the division. Really? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, all takes exposed. Grabbed it already. The tweet that I sent. Out. Did they really? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, why? As in, like, written down. We oh, got. Yeah, right. oh, they did the little down you. Okay, writing it down. We'll write yeah. it down. Uh, speaking of baseball, here's my feel-good thought for the week. I'm so glad the former manager is back on these airwaves again with us, and he gave us another gem on Tuesday that concluded Patrick with a Mackie and Judd liner. Are you ready? Okay.
2: Phil Mackey. You know,
0: talking about a good kid, it makes it easy to root for. Her. He's a solid young man. I really like him a
2: lot. Judd Zolgad. You know, Uh-oh. that's a shame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 uh, ESP. Yeah, that
1: was fun. And uh, now this week we got uh, Buster and Cotton. That's so, right. Uh, what are we complaining about? Nothing, Nothing at all. Nothing, Nothing at all. all. I guess uh, my feel good thought for the week is. I came up with so damn many good ideas uh, so far this week to try to fix sports. <laughs> Including I, you're the fixer. I've solved the cold weather problem for yep. MLB if they're only listening to me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all on board with Penny Hardaway being the new coach in Memphis. And I think Lindsey Willen, if uh, Stallings leaves, is the candidate. I like Playing that. for the Lynx. And being the gopher coach, winning a championship for the Lynch. If one person can
3: do it, it's Lindsey. Yes, it is.
1: All right, Jets, uh, see you Monday.